go back to bed right now. <coughs> but uh, we persevered and came on to church, and we're going to study the word of the Lord today. So, um, all right. I know that uh, Brother Mays and them will be here in just a little while. We're going to have good church. Um, just a quick little FYI, I don't know... Um, how many of you heard, but Wednesday night, we are going to, this week, we'll continue on in revival, but this week we're going to add a few extra services, and so we're going to be doing Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night as well this week, and uh, I'm going to, throughout the service today, just continue to reiterate those services so that we, we're, it's all in our minds, because I'd really, we don't do this very often, and I'd really like to just do, do the best that we can to uh, attend those services because it's going to really build our faith. It's going to build our, um, yeah, my wife already can't come to one of them. So, um, and that's what I get for being last minute. But this is, as we prayed Wednesday, I talked to Brother Mays the other night when he got here. I said, hey, this is what I'm feeling. What, What do you think? And he agreed with me that right now I do believe that the Holy Ghost is moving. And uh, I want to see God continue to work in our midst. And uh, I want to give him the opportunity to do that. <coughs> Man, you went over and stole stuff from the Sunday school kids? <laughs> as, as she's walking in here, sticking it in her pocket. He had to run to the house real quick. He's actually printing off flyers for us. Um, if you had been in here, I'm just kidding, and not stealing muffins, you would know what we're talking about. Um. <laughs> All right. Let, let's not eat them in the sanctuary, though, please. He told me this morning, last night he went to bed. He, he uh, said he had to get up in the middle of the night, and he was having a hard time. But he said he woke up this morning, and he rolled out of bed just like a normal person. And uh, he said he was starting to get dressed, and it automatically clicked in his head. He's like, I'm not feeling any pain right now. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus. So um, I am I'm continuing to pray for him that God will remove that pain entirely. But uh, I, I believe he can. But anyways, so what I was saying was this week, we're going to have a series of services, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Brother Mays is going to be preaching for us those nights. Friday night is going to be the youth service as well. And so we're, we're going to encourage the youth to be here, but it's going to just be a part of our revival services. And so um, we're just going to have a good time. And I'm not sure what we're going to do as far as the after uh, service activities are concerned. I got some things in mind. I haven't even talked about this with my wife, so I need to talk to her first before I make it all public and, and all that stuff. I'm trying to be, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to change my ways, because um, once I make the announcement, it's like, you have to do it, right? So I'm, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page and make sure it's doable for the young folks. And uh, to be honest, in my, in my mind, if we have enough um, food and stuff, Everybody's invited to come and, and just have a good time. So, um, But we definitely want everybody to be at the service because we we had a good church in our last youth service, 
I have invited a few other folks. I reached out to Brother Cowan. Um, he's in Augusta, Kansas, which is about two and a half hours from here. But uh, I, I reached out to them. I haven't heard back whether they're going to come or not. Um, but just wanted them to know, hey, you are lo looking to have your young folks come somewhere. We, we'd love to have them come and join us. Because I don't want our young folks to think we're the only folks out here um, doing stuff, right? And so we want we want to involve other churches that are that are seeking after the righteousness of God. And so anyway, Brother Darren, Brother Mendez is at his house right now. Started to print off some some uh, flyers for this week's revival. And Derek told me Wednesday night. He said, "Hey, I got a little bit of free time." And I'll go and pass out these flyers in Pleasanton. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to do some of that here in Lacine. And we're hoping, oh, in Mound City as well. So excellent, excellent. And so we're going to have those flyers just typically, if we're, we're just trying to get the word out real quick, um, just go from house to house and we just roll them up and we'll slide them into uh, like the, the screen door or we'll slide it between the, if they don't have a screen door, we'll, we'll roll it up just enough, and we'll slip it between the doorknob and the and the door frame as well, and it'll stay there until somebody gets there to get it. And so that's it. Now, if you feel like knocking on their door, man, knock on their door and talk to them. Um, I can tell you the most effective way is to talk to folks. But uh, if you don't have the time and you're just trying to help us get the word out, then just putting the paper on their door is is effective as well another effective way that we're not here to do 101 with uh outreach but uh nonetheless <coughs> some of the most more effective ways that i've seen uh throughout my years is going to grocery stores people actually pay attention sometimes to the bulletin boards and putting a flyer on on the on the grocery stores and, and at the library because a lot of folks like to know what's going on in town so they go to the library and find out what's going on in town uh, especially in these smaller towns, folks will do that. Um, and so, y'all, no, you're fine. These ideas are great. So I'm just trying to put these out there to kind of get your m minds to moving <coughs> a little bit. And if you can think of a good place where folks will see stuff, um, just let them know, hey, we're, we're having a revival or just put it up there for folks to know about. Um, I will also send out an electronic version of what we have so that you can share via text message or or whatever the case may be, whether you want to share it on your social media account, whether we're also going to be posting an event on our, on our Facebook page and sharing that out with, with everybody that's uh, following our page. But uh, just I, I want to say I appreciate everybody that has been liking and sharing our, our social media posts. That's, that's been going a long ways. We have one social media reel, just FYI, that yesterday hit 1,000 likes. So 1,000 likes doesn't mean that's how many people. We're, uh, in Instagram, we're, we're reaching, in the last 30 days, we've reached nearly 12,000 people. In Facebook, we've reached nearly 10,000, I think it was. So a reach, what, what Instagram and Facebook consider a reach, all right, I'm going to use air quotes, is 
Somebody has seen our stuff. Then it also gives us another another uh, schematic that says people watched one second of your video or three seconds of your video or they watched the entire thing. And for our reels, we're actually retaining them for the entire one minute of the reel, most of them. So it's really good. Uh, we're able to get out our information. And so just be, be ready. We may... We may just sporadically stop by and say, hey, would you be willing to just do a quick uh, video interview of what, what God's done for you in while you've been here and talk about what God's been doing in your life. Don't even have to mention the church. Just say, hey, this is what God's done for me. <coughs> no, I won't show up at your house to do it. It'll be here at the church. If I, I'll come and say, hey, you got a second? We can just do a quick little uh, a video testimony. And uh, it don't even have to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or we may ask you, hey, would you, would you be willing to meet with us another time? And there will be other times where you'll see me just walk through with my GoPro and I'll say, and I'll just, I'll just ask you a quick question and, ask, and look for a quick answer from you. And just little fun things that, one of the main reasons is we don't want them just being bombarded by, we want you to come to church, we want you to come to church. We also want them to realize there are real people in this church. There's one thing I will not cross the line on. There's one thing I will not cross the line on. I will not videotape a, a service. I will not do that. I, now, if somebody gets the Holy Ghost, I may do a quick little small video saying, hey, man, thank God this person is, is doing well. But before we ever post anything on fa social media to that to that extent, we will contact whoever it was that we have the video or, or picture of. Hey, this was an intimate moment between you and God. If you're willing for us to put it online, excellent. But if you don't want us to, I completely understand. Because some people, they'd rather be private about that. I, and I, I completely understand that. So I want you to understand, if you're not you don't feel comfortable doing those things, we will not put you in that situation. Does that make sense? Now, I did ask Brother Tuffy and Brother Jason if we could put their baptism out there, and they both said absolutely. So, and that, that one came together really well. Brother, Brother Mendez put that together. He did a really good job. It's on, it's on our YouTube reels and our Facebook reels and our Instagram reels. This was last, what, April? <coughs> Last April, May 20, yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was later in the year, but we went down to the uh, uh, inlet of the lake down here and down to the boat ramp, and we did it down there. So it was right before you started coming, I think. Yeah, it was, a, we had a great time. God, God, God did some awesome things, but then God took the church to a different vein in the Holy Ghost last year, and he began to work on us, and he began to begin to clean us up and begin to build us into the, to the vessels that we need to be for such a time as this. And I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. Even this week, I'm expecting God to fill souls with the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you this, and, and uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm praying that this week, God fills Buffy and God fills Derek with the Holy Ghost this week. That's what I'm praying for, because God can do it. And I think even Jasmine needs the Holy Ghost as well. I'm praying that God fills her with the Holy Ghost this week as well. And 
So, um, but there's a lot more folks out there that need the Holy Ghost, and uh, they're looking at us. They're wondering, are are these folks the real thing? And I'll tell you this much, and then I'll get started into this lesson now that I'm 15 minutes in um, to my class. But I, I believe that many of the things we talked about is things that we should we needed to talk about. Um, but considering the fact that um, people are watching, the reason I know that is because I've had people ask me, how come we don't have a church sign out anymore? And the reason is the church sign was literally ripping apart and flying in the wind like a flag. And so I had to take it down before it started shredding and started letting trash go everywhere. And to be honest with you, two things. I have not had time to finish putting the design together. And the second thing was um, they won $1,000 to put the sign together that we need. And we we don't have that kind of fund. I, I want to put together a metal sign that will last a lot longer than these little flimsy signs. Does that make sense? And I want to mount it to the church, and we're going to mount a light above that sign so that we can light it up at nighttime, stuff like that. So that's where the $1,000 comes in. If I really wanted to get elaborate on it, <laughs> it could it could cost, and Brother Mays probably knows this, it could cost upwards of $10,000, $15,000 for a sign. Um, one day, one day, we may be able to get there, but um, I just want something that people can know. The church doors are still open, especially if they don't drive by here on a Sunday and they don't see cars in the parking lot. Their questions are, are you guys still having church over there? And uh, they have asked the question, um, and and so we do want them to know that we are here and that we are alive and well. So I may go ahead and just spin up and, and go ahead and those other signs, those cost around $100, $120, the one that I had out there. So I may go ahead and get one printed up just for the time being until we can save enough money to get the metal sign. But we'll go ahead and I think, uh, Brother Tuffy, you and I can work together and we can if we wrap that sign around a two-by-four and we, we cinch that on there, I think that we can get that to stay up there without the wind ripping it off too too easily. That's what I'm talking about. We would have to wrap it on two-by-fours and then screw the two-by-fours to the building. So anyway, so those are, those are what, that is the direction I'm trying to get. So in the next couple of weeks, next week or so, I'm hoping that we can go ahead and get that sign ordered to get printed. It takes about a week for them to print it. Then we'll pick that up. We'll get business cards this week. I'll have business cards printed, Lord willing, by Wednesday night so that you can have more. I give Brother Tuffy the last few cards that I have. I have just a couple more at my house. And so we're going to get those printed up. Those cards are great. Here we are because I was going to stop. But getting the word out about what God's doing is, is important, all right? And so that's why I'm taking this time to talk about this. Um, another way that I have I have seen be effective, <coughs> how many of you guys go fill your cars up at the gas station? All of us, right? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I have done, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't do it. But what I have done is after I've swiped my card, I take a church card out and I stick it in the car credit card holder. And it sits there, and guess what? Somebody has to pull that out before they put their credit card in there the next time around. And so they they can look at it, and some someone may get frustrated and they throw it away. But if I can reach just one person, 
and all of those cards, it'll be well worth it. <laughs> and it worked, didn't it? <clears throat> and I, I was just, if you haven't heard the story yet, I'll, I'll, I'll say this and then we'll move on. But I was getting frustrated at one of our events because these two or three kids just kept coming back and grabbing balloons. And the next thing I would see would, they just, whoop, there they go. Like literally seconds after grabbing them from us, they were gone. And they were doing it on purpose. Some, then some other ones we did find out, they were sucking the helium. We did shut them down. We didn't want to have any problems there. Um, but those that were letting them go, I was like, okay, let's not give them any more balloons either. <coughs> and Brother Tuffy stopped me. He said, hey, Pastor, what happens if one of those balloons go in the air and somebody wakes up in the morning and they come outside and they pick up a balloon and it has a church card on it? It wasn't that weekend, but the following weekend, a couple came and sat back where the mazes are sitting. And we said, hey, how'd you hear about us? They said, well, funny thing is, there was a deflated balloon with a church card on it. And we said, well, we think this is our sign to get to the church. We haven't seen them again since, but God planted a seed there. And uh, I, believe, I believe God is be working in their life. Amen. All right, so all that being said, you're going to hear me say this over and over through the service today because I want to drill it into us. We are extending services this week. We are having Wednesday, Thursday, Friday services. Um, we are going to be back on Sunday um, at 10 in the morning having church again. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that next Sunday, uh, I'll announce it officially, but I'm thinking next Sunday we may forego Sunday school and we may just get right into church um, just, just because I want to keep the momentum going. Um, and then the week of the 24th, we have a, we're trying to do a big Sunday school drive. So Friday night, the 24th, we're going to have a Sunday school service that we're calling Kids Church. We're going we're gonna to change this whole feel of this sanctuary. We're going to have a puppet stage set up. We're going to have all kinds of things going on that night. And uh, we're going to need a lot of help from adults. Uh, it's not, I'm looking for more than just the Mendez family and, and my family to be helping in this endeavor. And so if you're interested in helping bring kids, um, helping work with these kids that night, please, please talk to me. We're going to need help going to pick kids up because what, what we found in the, in the past is these kids' parents use this as an impromptu date night sometimes. Um, other parents just use it as a night away from the kids. And most of the times you go into town and say, hey, tonight we're doing something for the kids at the church, and we'll come pick them up from you. Most of the time, the parents are saying, absolutely, come get my kids and let them have a great time at the church. And so we're just going to need some good folks that are willing to help me. You can use my wife's car. And, and uh, I know the Howells have already told me that we could help use their, their van. And uh, so even if I'm assuming somebody could drive, even if you can't drive at nighttime, sis. If, that, if that's okay, we can talk to you guys about it more later on. But, but just trying to make sure that, hey, we, we, have, we have a seven-seater vehicle. Even if we need to get my truck involved, we can go pick up kids. Do not put kids in the bed of the truck, please. Um, 
<laughs> hey, let me tell you something. There was a family in Olathe. They didn't live in Olathe. They lived downtown Kansas City. And they had a bunch of kids. They did have a bunch of their own kids and and relative kids that would come to church with them, so nieces and nephews. Well, instead of calling people in the church to come help pick their kids up, this lady had a little, small little Pinto, you know, this little, she had a little bitty car. She had five kids in the trunk of that car one morning, <laughs> and she had the back seat full of people and two people riding in the front seat. And when she showed up, we kind of read her the riot act because we're like, look, sis, you not only put yourself in a bad situation, but you put them in a dangerous situation. Please call us if this many people want to come to church. We will get somebody to help you come pick them up. So please, if you ever get in a situation like that, let me know and we will make time to come get those people and get them to church. All right. We don't want to put anybody's life in danger to come to church. Can I get an Amen. All right, so, man, I'm feeling good talking about this this morning. Uh, I, I feel so strongly. There's so many hungry people out there. Man, I, I, I feel so good in my spirit about all of this today. And uh, let's, let's be praying that God will open the right doors and the right places for us. And uh, we'll, we'll get flyers out for this kids' church um, ordeal as well. Um, in fact, the 24th is next week, is it not? Next Friday? So we got a lot of stuff happening in the next couple of weeks. Not this Friday, but the next Friday. Yeah, because this week is the youth service, then the following week is going to be the kids' church. So, man, <coughs> it's the last Friday of the month, right? Anyway, I don't know. No, I think the following week is the last Friday. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The twenty. Yeah, <coughs> today is the twelfth. <laughs> All right, so <coughs> let's get started into this study this morning. We'll see how far we get. I know I'm going to be repeating some things I said about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was last I taught, but I want to bring those things back to the forefront of our memory because it has a lot to do with what we need to un unpack in weeks to come. And so let's let's dive into the Word of the Lord. <coughs> um, if you've got your Bible, you're willing and, and you're able to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. We're still introducing holiness. It really shouldn't be an introduction to holiness anymore. We should just be saying holiness, <laughs> lesson number nine. I know it said eight up there just now, but anyhow. All right, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness, holiness is an essential part to salvation. You know what? We need to stop right now because we did not pray as we started this morning. Yeah, Yeah, you may have missed it. Yeah, <laughs> she did it and I didn't have to. 
<laughs> All right, let's pray and ask God to help us this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for what already we feel in this house this morning. God, I am praying that you would anoint these lips of clay, that I could teach from your word, Lord, only the things that you want us to see and to understand. God, open our hearts and our minds that our hearts would be found fertile soil in which the seed of your word can grow and become fruitful. God, I pray that you would help us in the remainder of today's service. Bind our hearts together. Help us, God, to find that place in the Holy Ghost where you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it feels good in the house of God this morning. Hallelujah. Holiness is essential to salvation. Hebrews chapter 12 and 14, you've heard me say this several times throughout my ministry here, but Hebrews 12 and 14 is just as strong and is just as true as John chapter 3 and verse 3. And both of these uh, passages of scripture contain essential, essential elements for our salvation. How many of you want to be saved? All right. If you want to be saved, you can't just take one portion of the scripture and say, this is how I'm going to be saved. You've got to dig in and you've got to find out, God, what does it take to be saved? You've heard me teach it before, but I'm of the opinion that we cannot be saved here on earth. We can obtain salvation. We can start the process of becoming saved, but until we step onto the pearly gates and we hear him onto the streets of gold and we hear him say well done at that moment we reach absolute salvation does that make sense but we have to be in a continual process of sanctification in our own lives in order to obtain that salvation it would be it would be dumb to say that the baseball player after he hit the baseball out in the field that he was safe on first base before he got to first base. Does that make sense this morning? So it would be the same insanity for us to say we're saved before we make it to heaven. When we make it to heaven, we are saved. The umpire is going to holler, safe, <laughs> when, when we walk across those, through those pearly gates. But not until then am I saved. But I can know that I am well on my way to be saved, that I am going to step onto those streets of gold by looking in the scripture and making sure that my life is a, a direct replica of what's in this book. In fact, a couple different passages of scripture teaches us that this book is a mirror. And if we want to, if we want to find out what things we should be um, applying to our life and what things we should be removing from our life, um, we should go to that mirror, we should look in that mirror, and that mirror is going to say, hey, you need to brush your teeth, or you need to fix your hair, or you need to take a bath, you need to clean your face. But how many people walk to the mirror, they see what a, a disarray they are in on the, in the morning, and then they just go put their clothes on and walk out the door? You're still filthy, your breath still stinks, because you didn't obey what you saw in the mirror. So now, we take that same concept to the Word of God. We look in the mirror, and the mirror shows us, hey, you've got to take this part out of your life to make that part clean. You've got to, you've got to brush your teeth. 
spiritually speaking. You've got, to, you've got to wash your face, spiritually speaking. Comb your hair. Make sure everything's just right so that you're presentable when you go out in the world. How can people tell that we're different if we're not different? There's got to be a difference. To be holy before the Lord, we have to be set apart. That's what the word holiness means. To be holy is to be set apart. So God saw in the world, he saw a bunch of people that looked the same, and he said, you know what, Brother Tuffy? I'm going to pull you out of that. I'm going to set you over here. Now you're not the same as them anymore because my hand's on your life. And if you accept that, then his hand stays on your life. You accepted it because you acted by faith, number one. Number two, you repented of your sins. You got baptized in his name, and he filled you with his spirit. Now you aren't the same as everybody else because you have a new nature. You are a new creature. Man, there's so much preach right now in the house. Amen. But I can tell you, folks, this, this morning, I need holiness in my life. I need righteousness in my life just as much as I need to be born again. Hebrews 12 and 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on because I'll deal with it later on in different lessons. But I want you to understand, if you don't have peace with all men, my friend, you don't have holiness. You can't have one without the other. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be peaceful with men. You can't be more righteous than somebody else. You can't have the attitude, I'm better than they are because I'm living a different life and, I'm, and, I'm, and God's blessing me. Look, God can take those blessings from me in an instant if I become self-righteous. That was what was wrong with the Jews. They were a self-righteous people. And though those in the Sanhedrin, they, they, were a, they were a nasty people. In fact, Jesus said, guys, you're no different than tombs. Why did sepulchers? You look beautiful on the outside. You got this beautiful tombstone, but on the inside of you, you're just a bunch of dead men's bones. You're just a bunch of dead people. You're just going through the, 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 the motions, just doing the, what, you, what you think that you know you absolutely ought to do, but you're a bunch of phonies. In fact, he called them a bunch of serpents, vipers, because they were doing the letter of the law, and because they were doing the letter of the law, they had a self-righteous attitude that says, I'm better than everybody else, when in reality, they, were, they had one of the dirtiest, nastiest hearts in mankind. You can look right, you can talk right, but if you don't have a right spirit, folks, you're not right. So let's get the inside first taken care of. Does the outside matter? Absolutely it matters. But if, it, if it's just a cover-up for something that's nasty and black and, and, and disgusting on the inside, then it means absolutely nothing. Because you can live right and you can go straight to hell, my friend. A lot of people like that, unfortunately. But what I'm trying to put in the hearts of this people in this church is we can't be that kind of people. When people look at this church and they say, they see 
us as Christians. I don't want them saying, man, if that's what it means to be a Christian, I don't want any part of being Christian. But when they see us, Brother Blue, I want them to say, my goodness, something's different about those people. They're passionate about it. Not only are they passionate about it, but what they talk about in church, they actually live on a regular daily basis. And that's another key. I'm not even on my notes right now, but I want you to consider this. When you come to church and you amen the preacher and you say, man, that sounds right. That, that has to be right because that's what the Word of God says. But you go home and you live the opposite. It did you no good to amen the preacher. Because God's trying to get a hold of our hearts. And God's trying to make us like him. There's a lot of things in the scripture that we need to grab a hold of and personalize and make a part of our life. But it needs to be maintained not just when we walk through the back door of the church, but it has to be maintained in our life when we go home. So what are you talking about, preacher? Well, I'm talking about what you watch on your phone when nobody's looking. What I'm talking about is how you talk. How many of you would stand here in the church and start cursing like a sailor? I would hope not. But my goodness, why do you go home and do it? Consider it. God is working on us. This isn't just from me, folks. God is looking for wholesome people, not people that are real, people that are willing to admit, hey, I am faulty, yes, but through the power of the Holy Ghost, this is why when I meet people that don't have the Holy Ghost, I start praying, as soon as they start hitting my prayer list, I start praying, God, fill them with the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because I know they can't change their life on their own ability. They need something else that's more powerful than their own willpower to overcome sin. And in order to not cuss like a sailor when I'm not at church, I need the Holy Spirit to help me control my tongue. And we can go all the way back to why, why was it that God chose the, the manifestation of tongues in people's lives when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Why was it? It was simply this. James tells us it was because God wanted us to show, to, to show everybody, not just us, everybody around us, now that person has reached ultimate surrender to me because now the thing that they couldn't take control of I'm in control of and I'm speaking through their mouth now and if God can put his own words in my mouth why can't he take the filthy ones out I know it's basic logic but consider if he can put holy words in why can't he take the nasty ones out? Same thing. If he can put a Holy Spirit in me, why can't he take the unholy junk out? Not just talking about your words, not just talking, but your words tell people around you who you associate with. If you don't believe me, go read the crucifixion again. Go read about what happened in Peter's life. I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine last night after we ate dinner at my mom's, and uh, there may have been a, a message birthed out of that conversation. But I want you to consider with me, Peter, there's only one disciple at the foot of the cross. 
when Jesus died? Just one. Just one. Out of the 12 closest disciples, there was one single disciple at the foot of the cross. Just a few hours before that, Peter was confronted. Hey, you are one of his followers. Nah, never. That guy, I, don't, I didn't have anything to do with him. First one. Second one. Another one comes to him. Have you ever paid attention to what that person said? I think it was the second or third one. They said, hey, you're, you're with him because your speech betrays you. What does that mean? You're talking like him. You sound like him. You spent time with him. So his, his statements become your statements. And your outlook becomes his outlook. And probably the way you're walking now looks just like him because you've been following him for so long think about it peter he spent every waking hour of his day for three solid years with jesus christ he walked with him he talked with him now he didn't get as close as john did now john the bible says john laid his head on jesus bosom meaning he he would lay his head on his chest and let him know how much he loved him that was that was a close relationship but Peter was very close as well. And Peter said, you know what? I, have, I, I don't even know this guy. And because of what she said, he starts cursing like the sailor that he was originally. Just to disprove that I don't talk like he does. And it wasn't too long after that, the cock crew. And what Jesus said clicked in his mind. You know why I believe that Peter wasn't there? Because he was ashamed. But Peter found a place of repentance, folks. And my, my assumption is that we don't have Bible for this. But there was a time between the burial of Jesus Christ and the time that he arose and Peter ran, outran. Was it John that was running with him? Peter wasn't there at the crucifixion. But you know what my, my feeling is? Peter realized I've messed up. And Peter, Peter went somewhere and he found him a place to seek the face of God. And he, he got his heart right. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. He got his heart right with God. Because something got down inside of his heart and said, John, you're not beating me back to that empty tomb. I'm going to see if my Savior came out of that tomb like he said he was going to. I didn't get to see him die on the cross. But my goodness, I'm going to be the first one to that tomb. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first one back 
to the disciples and say, hey, he's alive, he's alive. Man, Whew. God's doing something in this place today. We got to be ready. And I can tell you this much, repentance is very, very simple. It's very simple. It's whether or not you're willing to apply it. Repentance is one of those things where, number one, it involves apology. Yes, absolutely. God, I'm sorry. I know that I'm not right. God, I know the things that I've done in my lifetime haven't been pleasing to you. Especially since I've been coming to church, God, you've showed me these different situations in my life that I need to change, that, that I shouldn't be going out there and getting plastered, and I shouldn't be going out there and getting drunk out of my mind, and, and, and I shouldn't be going out there and getting and shooting up dope, and I shouldn't be out there doing all of these things that I've heard preached across the pulpit. Why? And God, I'm sorry that I have been a part of those things, but, but now that I know what's right and what's wrong, God, will you forgive me? That's repentance, my friend. And when you come to God with a sorrow, and let me tell you something, most of the time when you, when you repent and you get up from there and you don't get the Holy Ghost, you feel good about yourself. And rightfully so. Do you know why? Because you just emptied yourself of all of the burdens that you've been carrying that sin puts upon your life and you've left it at the altar because, and you said, God, take control of my life. And he does it. But you've got to empty out first. That's what repentance is. You've got to die. You've got to let sin quit holding on to you for so long. But the problem is, my friend, you can't stay empty. You can't stay empty. You've got to get filled. Because I submit to you, if you're not filled with his spirit, you will be filled with a spirit. And I can promise you, I, I, I know some people that are so confused in this day and this hour because they've gone to an altar of repentance time and time again. And they've emptied that house. But they didn't stay there until they were filled with his spirit. Let me tell you, his spirit is holy. His spirit is beautiful. His spirit, I can promise you, can take the feeling of, 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 of cleanness that you feel when you, get, when you repent. His spirit can take that cleanness, and he can make you not just feel clean, but he can make you feel complete and whole again. Amen. Amen. I know I'm, not, I know I'm not teaching from these notes this morning, but look, every time I think about holiness and I think about salvation, you've got to understand, all of this stuff ties together. And we got folks in this room that probably never heard me teach on, on repentance, and you probably never heard me teach on, these, on, on salvation. That's why I'm taking time this morning to establish these things, because you need to understand repentance before we can get holiness into your life. You need to understand the infilling of the Holy Ghost of, and the infilling of the Spirit of God before you can actually allow his spirit to begin to change you. The reason we become holy is because we have a holy spirit living inside. And Jesus taught this principle. He said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay? So I'm not saying that 
you're going to be talking about him all the time. What I'm talking about is what happens on the inside. The principle Jesus put there in that statement was this. Whatever's on the inside will make its way on the outside. That's the principle, folks. So therefore, if we are constantly allowing filth and junk to come out of our hearts and, and out of our minds... And, out of, and, and we dwell on things that aren't right, but then we begin to say things that aren't right. Can I go back to the whole cursing situation? If, if when you get upset, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is a curse word, you know what that tells everybody around you, and you should tell yourself, I don't have the holiness that I need on the inside. Does that mean he's not there at all? Well, eventually, possibly, that could be the truth. Because I don't believe once you get saved, you're always going to be saved. And I believe the scripture is very adamant in the fact that you're not always going to be saved. And so if you, if you don't allow him to come back and fill you up over and over and over again, we talked about going to the gas station a while ago. If you don't put fuel in that car, my friend, you're not getting to work. You're going to have a car parked on the side of the road somewhere. I've been there. <laughs> not enough. There needs to be any. Uh, but it is by his stripes we are healed. And it's by, it's by the blood that he shed on Calvary that we are saved. But it's not through his blood alone that saves us and that keeps us saved. We need to go back to the blood and let that blood wash us anew and afresh. Every day that you wake up, you should be repenting. You should be letting God know, hey, I know that this flesh and this, this nature that I have, that I was born with, isn't right, okay? I know that I am not pure in and of myself, but I do know this, if I can surrender to God every single day of my life, God will help me become what he needs me to be and become a better person. Now, he does use your willpower. But his spirit gives you the power to overcome your will. He's not going to force you to do something that you don't want to do. Because my God is a gentleman. He still gives us free choice. It's not a democracy, though. What's wrong in the book, in the word of God? That God established is wrong, <laughs> my friend, doesn't change. There's no, been no amendments to the God's constitution. And what's right in the word of God, there have been no amendments to that either. And so what sin has always been sin, and what is righteous has always been righteous. The Lord said, I am the Lord, I change not. And so if you go through the scripture, some folks say, well, 
you guys always teach that the that the law is some of the law that it doesn't apply to us and I, I do agree with that but the principles in those things that that we say technically don't apply to us like I eat bacon for breakfast okay Jews couldn't eat bacon but we're Gentiles there's a bunch of reasons but what was what was the principle applied there don't let things that are unclean come into your life don't consume those things that are not right that's what the 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 uh, apostle peter he 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 wrestled with god when god had spoke to cornelius he said hey i want you to send to joppa for one simon peter he's dwelling with simon a tanner Go get him, and he's going to come and tell you what you need to do to be saved. But in Peter's mind, he's like, no, the Gentiles are unholy people. They're unrighteous, and there's no hope for them. They're unclean. And you know what God did? He, he said, I'm going to meet with Peter while, while the servants are going to Joppa. I'm going to talk to Peter for a little while. And he had to, what was it, three times, Brother Mays, I think he showed in that vision? Three times he spoke to Peter. And he had a hard head. He had a white sheet come from heaven, and there were only unclean animals shown. Rise, kill, and eat. Yeah. When God, de- when God decides to call something clean, can I, can I submit to you guys something? I don't know if you've ever considered this, but all the way back, even in the law, God made provision for Gentiles. He made provision for Gentiles to adopt the Jewish faith through a process called proselytization. I probably butchered that word, but proselyte, proselyting, proselytizing, whatever you want to say. Big words again. But that's what the scripture calls it. Do you know what the Gentiles actually had to do? It's amazing. They had to bring sacrifice. They had to go through the death process. But they also had to be immersed in water. They had to be baptized. You can't tell me God wasn't setting the stage for Acts chapter number 2. God wasn't setting the stage all the way back in the law for the church to be here. In the beginning was the word, the plan, the logos, the, the, the thing that God had planned from the beginning was the church, folks. He revealed it in the law over and over again. You can find repentance in the law. You can find baptism in, G- in Jesus' name in the law. You can find the infilling or, or the resurrecting power through the law. Beautiful stuff. But we've got to be willing to say, here I am, God. I'm willing to lay it all down. Last thing I want to say about repentance. i got four minutes left in this session before we move into a prayer service. But I, 
Can, can I ask you this? All of us today, during our prayer time, can we spend some time in repenting before the Lord? You say, Pastor, I didn't sin yesterday. I didn't sin this morning. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not saying you did. But whether or not I have sinned or not, God created me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit, Lord. Because I realized that I was conceived in iniquity. I was born into a nature of sin and filth. And I would be given to it if it were not for his help and his strength. Repentance, in fact, if you go back in history for any amount of time, in fact, I've been on this history kick of late. I, I, I signed up for Audible, and they give me a bunch of different podcasts for, for free. And, and uh, I tried to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, and it, it had so many um, advertisements. I said, man, I'm fully on this. I'm going back to Audible. <laughs> um, but that, it's, a, it's a foundation called Wondry. And they have all kinds of different stories. It was actually built to uh, um, tell stories of history for young people so that they would be in, in, enthralled. And they actually do a very good job. Um, and sometimes you can, you can see that they do have some type of a, an agenda to push. But in, in, the, in the most cases, I, I, I have noticed that they have been very neutral in stating one way or the other. Uh, this week I've listened to um, their their renditions of what it was that caused people to assassinate presidents and what what were the measures that were put into place and lots of different historical things that I've, I've been listening to. But if you go through history and you begin to look at wars and you begin to look at armies that were formed, most of us, we, we hear them talk about today about face, right? If they're marching, you hear the drill sergeant holler, about face. And you know what that means, right? Turn around. So if I'm going that way, if you go about face, you're going against the direction that you were just coming from. You're turning around, doing 180 degrees, and you're going in a different direction. But before they started using about face, you would hear the drill sergeant holler, repent. It meant the same exact thing. And so it is with us today when we, when we come before God. God begins to reveal things to us. God begins to show us, hey, we're heading in the wrong direction. So the first thing we talked about a while ago, repentance does involve apologies. It does, it does involve the fact that you have to become apologetic for the things that you have done in your past that you know is wrong. If you don't know it's wrong, how can you say I'm sorry? But let me tell you something. As I go through my life, God begins to reveal more and more things in my life that, hey, maybe that wasn't so right. Guess what has to happen? I have to find a place to repent. And ask God to help me turn away from those things that I did that wasn't so pleasing to him. And the last thing is, when you get up from an altar of repentance, I want you to consider with me in your mind, I've just laid everything down. I've been headed in a single direction. And now I'm turning my direction 
and I'm focusing upon Jesus Christ and I'm heading towards him and his righteousness. This is repentance. Repentance causes you to turn your back on all things that are evil. And so what I'm asking you this morning as we, as we transition into a time of prayer is why don't we spend some time asking God, God, search my heart this morning. Know my ways. And God, even if there are things in there that I have no idea whether they're right or wrong, God, if they're wrong, show me somehow in my days to come. But God, I'm sorry, and my goal is to please you. And today, I am getting up, and I'm leaving this service today with a different perspective of life, and I'm walking towards you. And if we can pray something to those effects, I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to stand up here and hear say, repeat these words after me. I can't do that. Because it has to come from your heart. You have to decide what you've got to pray to God. The fact that you're kneeling at an altar tells him that you believe that he died on an old rugged cross. Tells him that, God, I know that there's something life-changing in that you can provide to my life. You have faith because faith is what caused you to come to an old-fashioned altar and begin to tell God, I'm sorry. And let me tell you, I know I'm, I'm over time, but when you're finished repenting and you know you can't think of anything else, you want God to fill you with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, won't you, you can either stand, but get your hands in the air. Why? Because this shows, God, I'm, I'm surrendering to you. Somebody comes and sticks a gun to your back and says, put your hands up. Why does he want you to put your hands up? Because he wants to know that you're surrendered to him. God's not here putting a gun to your back today, but he wants to know, are you willing to willingly submit yourself to me and surrender to me? And when you do that and begin to worship him, I can promise you, my friend, he will come and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's really that simple. You just got to believe he'll do it for you. Amen. Let's spend some time in prayer this morning. Amen. As we prepare for our worship service today. Lord, we love you. Praise God. Thank you, 